What's up, everybody? Welcome into Brennan Tassif is your ex-drinking buddy. I'm your host, Brennan Tassif. So if you're new to the show, um, this is going to be a show where I have normally guests on. We talk drinking stories, party stories, getting arrested stories, all sorts of fun stuff. Um, and sometimes it'll just be me ranting and raving. I no longer drink, but I do like to talk about those war stories and have a good time. I am joined today by a very special guest, good friend of mine, a very funny comedian out of Jacksonville, Florida. Been trying to get him on the show now for a couple of weeks. Mr. Scott Sandlin, what's going on, buddy? What's up, man? Happy to be here. Happy to uh, be in your wonderful studio and, and finally get to get on this bad boy. <laughs> well, I appreciate you coming in. Um, if you want to plug everything up top, you got uh, social media, any dates coming up, anything you want to tell people about? Uh, yeah, at Scott Sandlin is, is the good old Instagram, at Scottington on Twitter. Um, outside of that, I, I really don't have too terribly much. I did a show last night. At, did you? Yeah, well, it was, at, it was uh, up at Eclipse. Oh, okay. Yeah, that, right. the Monday night thing. But How did that go? Uh, just, you know, doing it in front of the boys, yeah. uh, in front of the old comedy crew, um, but it was all right. I met uh, that one of the Daytona comics for the first time in a while. Uh, oh, who? Rob Relic. Oh, okay. You've never met Rob before? Rob's guy. got a really good podcast that he does. Yeah, yeah. He mentioned it on stage. Yeah, um, did he? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, what else? I don't think I really have anything coming up. Um yeah, Brian hasn't reached out about about veterans or anything. It's so hard to get stuff right now, man. Yeah. Well, what do you what have you been doing a lot of? I know because obviously we're friends and I come to shows when I can to see you, but have you been doing a lot of stuff in the pandemic as far as comedy? No. Whatever the opposite of a lot of stuff is is <laughs> is, is what I've been doing. I've been terrible at writing. Um I've been terrible at at, at trying to keep up with shit. Um, I did do, of course, we did it together, Hyperion. Yeah, that uh, was fun. Keg of Laughs. It was a good time. Great little setup they have there. But, you know, trying to get back into it. I know there's some local stuff going on that's uh, that's starting back up next week. I think Herman's doing something. So, you know, hopefully we, we ease back into it. And I've been trying to write more now, too, now, yeah. that, now that things are getting back into the groove of things. So. Yeah, it was weird. Um, Marcus and I talked about this, but it was it's, it's a weird thing because uh, – he came over the other night and we were actually, I was going to record it and put it out, but we were kind of talking a little too much shit about certain things. So I was like, never mind. I'm not going <laughs> to, not going to put this out. Uh, it's, just but, for me. it's just for me and Marcus now. <laughs> yeah. But, um, we were talking about writing and stuff and it's weird because, uh, like some of the shows that I've been doing, people will get on the stage and they immediately are like, Oh, this is all new. This is all new. And I'm like, don't, I just don't say it, just right, do it yeah, and then see it. how they react. And then you can, you know, be like, Oh, this is all. But Marcus had like a bunch of new bits when we all went to the CB. We've been doing the CBD cafe. That's like our new thing. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. And it was funny because I even told the the guy who runs it, CJ, who, I was like. Who hosts it? Um, so sometimes Cross hosts it, hosts it, but the guy CJ, um, the CJ. Couch. Oh, okay. He's the one who started it and he hosts the couple times we've been there. He's been the host. Um, really, really good guy. But he, uh. It was funny because after, you know, me and Marcus were talking to all the other comics and stuff like that. And some of them has just started and they were, were just talking. And uh, I told CJ straight up, I was like, we used to make fun of this, Mike. Like <laughs> none of us who were established people who'd like doing actual book shows would like a lot of us wouldn't go to the mic. Right. And it was nothing against him. It was just kind of one of those things where it's like, oh, it's another open mic at like a bar type environment. The, the cafe is actually really fucking cool, though. But uh but then nothing was open. Right. And there was no place to really try new material. So we start we I started going there and I was like talking to Marcus. I was like, you should come out too. And now that's like our new thing. 
Yeah. Like, well, actually, I, I saw Marcus last night for the first time in a while. Yeah. And yeah, we were talking about just how many new comics that Dude. have started during the pandemic. And it's fucking insane. Well, and that's the thing I wanted to get back to is the whole writing thing is weird because... Like I tried a couple new things because, um, you know, open mics is one of the only places I want to try new stuff. Yeah. And that was weird at the Hyperion show. I did a lot of new stuff that I didn't know would work or not. But a lot of times I like to try them out at mics to see if there's anything there. Because if people are coming out and like paying to go to a show, then I kind of feel bad if I'm like, oh, that was a dud. Right. So, um, but like just trying the new stuff. But like Marcus had like a whole new set and just like owned it the way he, you know, the way he owns it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And. I knew it was new because I've seen him perform like a million times, but everyone in the crowd was just like, man, he's got this. And I talked to him afterwards. I was like, you just wrote all that stuff. He's like, yeah, some of that was kind of free form on stage and stuff. And I was like, you motherfucker. Yeah. It's I like even seeing um, Rob last night too. I was like, fuck, I've really, it's been very detrimental to, to my progression to not actually get up there. And, and you know, it's, some of it's like riding a bike, but then a lot of it is not like riding a bike at all. <laughs> like uh, at all. At all. Um, so, no, I'm, you know, I'm hopefully going to get back into it and, and really try to hit the ground running um, yeah. here coming up. But Well, fun fact, you are, um, you, like me, were supposed to be moving to New York. Yes. Recently. Yes. We should both already be there right now. Yeah. We should be sitting in a... 600 square foot apartment not a 600 square foot room yeah right with the whole house attached to it <laughs> yeah <laughs> for double the price yeah, yeah. Um, but um so you have a day job and you were gonna transfer up to new york with your day job and yep. then um what if you don't mind my asking what was kind of your motive did you just want to go to the city or you just wanted to live up in new york yeah or? i mean it's always been like a, a dream of mine to to really get up there and and just be i mean i love new york New York's yeah, one of my too. favorite places on god's green earth um you know stereotypical shit that everyone says the yeah. energy you know the food everything oh, yeah. about it i just i fucking love the place um also i can maximize my earning potential obviously i spend a lot more when <laughs> yeah. i go up there and if i live up there but the the career progression for my day job would be a lot more um i i'd like to you know continue to do comedy and everything when i get up there um my intent is to do that yeah um well the reason i ask is cuz it's weird i brought up going to new york to um a few family members and the general consensus was kind of like you're still doing comedy like you're still trying to do that and it's like yeah that's that's the only thing i'm doing like, right. there is no there is no other thing but the other thing was everyone's like, oh, it's so much more expensive and the taxes are so much higher. And why would you want to live around all those people? And it's because I, I, ironically, that's the same thing with my line of work is that, yeah, I understand it's more expensive, but you also make a lot more money. Right. Yeah. It's not, you know, the no one's passing around a hat. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like, well, first of all, minimum wage as a server in Florida is $5 an hour and up there it's 10. So you're right. already doubling that. Obviously, we work two completely different careers because you're in like a real job and an office and stuff. But you have a real job. That's a very real job. Yeah. But it's um, <laughs> one of those things where it's like, uh, it's like, yeah, but if I go to New York, I understand it's more expensive, but I make more. And it's and I tell people this all the time when they go, why would you want to go to New York? It's like it's the viewed as one of the greatest cities in the world. Oh, yeah. And you can just move there. Yeah. You can just you you show can just up. Go, yeah. You can just show up. You literally can just show up. <laughs> and the best part is, no one gives a fuck when you show up. Yeah. You have to prove that they should give a fuck. And yeah, it's great. Exactly. It's, it's just, uh, yeah. No, I, I'm so perplexed by people. And I've talked about this with every single person I've had on the show. And I know there's different levels of like pursuing comedy and things like that. 
But for me, it's like it that has nothing that has something to do with it. But the the root of wanting to go there is the fact that it's yeah, I would like to live in the greatest. Like I have, I know people who have never even been to New York. Yeah, no, same. Which and is I'm like bananas to me. You can get a round trip flight for like a few, like like two hundred bucks. Yeah, it's like, literally like, like two fifty. Like, yeah, yeah, like even even when there wasn't a fucking global pandemic outside, you can go up there for cheap as shit. We went up there to look for apartments. Round trip, it was like a, for both of us, it was like three seventy five. Yeah, it's, it's direct nothing. flights, round trip. No, like yeah. like right into JFK. It's yeah. like you can. Like you can just go. And I remember when I was living in Oklahoma City for that short stint with my cousin, people were like, oh, you're from Florida? That's so cool. That's so awesome. You get to live near a beach. And I go, <laughs> you can move there. Just just go. You're like, no, like, you, know, you don't have to stay here. There's not a sign that says, fuck you, Oklahoma. Yeah. Don't come here. Yeah. Which maybe we should put one up. but Because <laughs> those people are fucking weird. But, you know, there's it's I, I, I don't know. I guess people's. Um, yeah, you know, some people have different reasons for staying where they're at. Yeah. Um, you know, my my dad and shit all my family for the most part, um, you know, they were born and raised in Jacksonville, never went anywhere. Yeah. Um, I've I was fortunate enough to have a job where I could travel to all the major cities basically throughout the United States and that's really was another thing that I was just like, all right, well, fuck Jacksonville for yeah. a while. Like, it's always going to be there. Well, that's the thing, too, is like I was talking to my twin sister um, and I know she listens to the podcast. What's up, Hannah? Um, I was talking to her about it and she was kind of like, well, you know, what do you basically, you know, the sisterly thing? Like, you're getting a little older. Like, what's your plan moving forward? Like, you know, and she's very put together um, in her life. So she's very much like five year plan, 10 year plan. Like, what what are you doing? And which is good. It's, it's, it's motivating and it holds me accountable. But, you know, I said, you know, we're still going to go to New York and stuff. And it was one of those things where it was kind of like, well, you can, you know, stay in Jacksonville and buy a house and have kids, or you can go pursue your dream. And it's just that weird realization where it's like, well, since I don't have kids right now, there's not, it's not a, there's no better time than now. Yeah. And there's not, it's not, it's not a decision. Like there's this way and that is the way, you know what I mean? Like, it's not like. Like I, I and I've talked about this, like I said, with everybody, but it's this weird thing of like, because I'm so passionate about like going up there and doing comedy and stuff. It's like, I don't understand. Like when people are like, oh, you should just buy a house and like, you know, start having kids and get married and yeah, all this. Give I'm, up. Yeah. Well, that's what in my <laughs> yeah. mind, that's what it goes. I'm like, oh, so which, I should which just. Which isn't necessarily what they're saying, but like, I, no, I, yeah, I, I, I get it. Um, I, Again, people have different reasons for for their different opinions and, and going yeah. and doing whatever they want to do. But yeah, I mean, it, I, I'm always very much in the camp of if you never do it, then you always regret it. Yeah. Like if and you do it too, and you yeah. fail and it doesn't work out, like you can come back. Yeah. You can come back head hell high. Like, all right, shit didn't work out. Yeah. Start the family by the house in Jacksonville. But what if it does work out? Yeah. Best decision you ever made. That, Either way, it's the best decision you ever made. Exactly. And I've, I, I, I've said this on the show before, but I've had people come in when I was working at the day job, my uh, breakfast place, People would come in for lunch all the time. And I think I've told you this before, but uh, they would always like if you get to talking with the guests and stuff. And a lot of times they're awestruck that someone waiting tables is like of reasonable intelligence, which is always kind of baffling to me because it takes a lot to like be a server, like with the multitasking and all that kind of shit. Buddy. So it's so you don't have to tell me. No, I know. Like when you walk in with your friends, like because you sometimes come to my night restaurant, but when you guys walk in and I've already got the drinks on the table and the wine's ready to go, it's kind of like nothing makes my dick harder. Yeah. <laughs> but it people were every once in a while, it, it was always older women in this scenario. This is how it always worked out. They would always go, oh, my God, you went to school. And I'd be like, yeah. You know, I went to Florida Atlantic University. I, you know, majored in political science. I got a minor in American history. And they would go, 
what are you doing here? Oh, well, yeah, because it will the stigma against like the service industry in general is that like you're just some you know bum low life kind of thing that's yeah. not intelligent like you you've never done anything with your and it's it's a bunch of bullshit because as so my first job out of college i was a server at this tapas restaurant um over in in five points and here in jack's and i thought that i was gonna be fucking amazing yeah. i have all the charisma in the world i was like oh yeah. i got this shit I was the worst fucking server <laughs> God ever put on this earth. I have never been so fucking bad at a job in my lifetime. Really? My whole life. I, I don't know what it was, but you know, it was constantly like a rotating like a rotating menu. Um, you know, they 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 rotated a bunch of wines. I couldn't keep up with that shit. Yeah. And it's not that like I don't know, I I like to think I'm pretty smart. I went to yeah, college, you, are, yeah. you know, uh yeah. have a job in fucking finance. Of course, that that doesn't mean you're smart. I work with the stupidest people that ever put on this earth sometimes. Um but you no know, Karen. <laughs> who doesn't? Um, but it, it I was so bad at serving, and so that's why I've always I feel like everyone should have to serve at one point in their life. Yeah. Well, it, I actually have a joke about that. And I always now when I do the joke, you've heard it, the consequences bit. That yeah, I yeah, yeah. But when I do it, I always say, like, has anyone in the audience? Because I've learned that if people in the audience haven't worked in restaurants or service industry, they don't get it. Yeah, They're just no. kind of like, you're an asshole. Yeah. So I always so I did it at um, Ace Arena and I said that and everybody cheered. I How said, was that show? It was. We'll get into that. Off OK. Air. No, it was a good show. It was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. It was just uh it's weird because the spacing and the ceilings are so high. It's an amphitheater almost. And oh, it's shit. like, okay. you can't hear the laughter coming back to you. So, but then I got off stage and everyone's like, man, you did great. And I was like, really? It didn't, it didn't feel like that. Yeah. yeah. Um, but um, I prefaced the joke with, has anybody worked in the service industry? And a bunch of people cheered and I could see them like, yeah, 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 yeah. And then I did the consequences bit and it did not land at all. And I was like, you just fucking lied to me. <laughs> Cause you if you worked in the service this. industry, you'd get it. You would be on board with this. <laughs> But um, but it's it's weird. The the thing I did want to wrap up was whenever they say that, um, like, what are you doing here? I always look them right in the eye and I always go, well, I'm pursuing my dream of stand up comedy. You know, so many people live their lives, just play it safe. And then when it's all over, they look back and regret so much. And I don't want that to happen to me. Enjoy your breakfast. And I walk away. <laughs> but it's one of those things where it's right. like. It's well, like, fuck you. Yeah, it's like, who the fuck are you, lady? Yeah, to ask me what I'm doing here, and you're God. Oh God, no, yeah. old old white women are the, sometimes <laughs> the, the scourge of the earth. Um, but it's just funny to me because it's 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 so bizarre when like, and that's why one of the reasons I started the podcast, and I explain this on uh, episode one, is that I'm so interested in stories, like how people get from a certain position to another one. Right. You know what I mean? Like just like in life. And you as a storytelling comedian, can uh, you and I can relate a lot to this. That's why I tell stories on stage, because a lot of it is like, you're not going to fucking believe what happened. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then it's, you, you, you try to tell them what happened as succinctly as, as you can. And yeah. As, it, it is hilarious as you can, obviously. And still, they don't believe that it happened. Yeah. It's, it's always my like my the, the scar story is one of those things where... People literally come up to me after I get off stage and they're like, really? I'm like, yeah, you can see it. Like, you can it's literally see face. it. It's right here. Yeah. I said that in the fucking bit. I said, come look at my face after this. Yeah. And, and then they, yeah. Now, what, my favorite thing too about the scar story is like, I've heard it so many times that like, I can, uh, now obviously I, I've always believed it as fact. Um, but I've had some people too who've like come out to, to shows that we've both done, like my friends or whatever, yeah. and be like, 
that guy played D1 football and just carved a fucking knife at like a, just a line in his face. I'm like, yeah, that's what he said. It's literally <laughs> what, yeah. yeah. Did you, I'm glad you kind of paid attention. <laughs> Thanks for coming out. Put $10 in the fucking hat that we just passed around. Oh man. But yeah, so comedy is coming back. So that's good. Slowly, but surely, slowly, but surely. Um, so for those of you listening, Scott is a very attractive, in shape <laughs> financier man of I'm just spreading lies. I'm not spreading lies. No, but you um you still drink, you still like to have a good time. I'm drinking right now as a matter of fact. Yeah, so. white claws. Got those for the show. I but, do um, love white claws. Everyone who listens knows that I obviously no longer drink, but from just us hanging out and doing stand up together and stuff, you've heard some of my crazy stories. Um and that's why I've been pushing to get you on the show. Because from this list that you sent me, and again, I thank you for sending me the list. Um, this has become more of a, a, a running joke. But the first like four or five episodes I did, I'd be like, yeah, just make a list of like things you want to talk about. And then people would show up and I'd be like, do you have the list? They're like, yeah, it's in my head. And I'm like, I can't steer <laughs> the conversation with what's in your head. Right. So then it became this awkward game of me being like, so. What's next? Do you have any <laughs> stories? But um. Where where were you um, when you first tried absinthe? Because that's that's on your list, and I definitely want to talk about that. But that's not something like pure absinthe. I I was under the impression wasn't legal in the United States, or am I wrong? So you're right. Um, pure absinthe is not legal in the United States. However, if you so I was I was it was my freshman year of college. Okay. Um, I th- yeah, it was first semester. I just like got initiated into my little fraternity um there was a a senior in my fraternity at the time who had gone to europe um like the the summer before okay and apparently the trick is is that you put it in a listerine bottle and then you rewrap the list so the same kind of thing that you do to get on a cruise yeah you do it to get absinthe back over into the united states okay um so we had just uh we'd done this this case chugging race. This was one of the craziest nights. It, uh, at this point, it was the craziest night of my life. Okay. Um, so we had done this this case chugging race. You know, we're just really douchey, normal fraternity stuff. I'm not hating on fraternities. I had a great time, but you know, it's it's a cult. Yeah. <laughs> um. So we we did that. We um we're we're at my buddy's house with that, and we we ended up going back to the fraternity house, and this guy who had the absinthe. Uh, his name's Kip. I'm not going to say his last name, but his name's Kip. Shout out to Kip. What's shout up, out, Kip? Shout out, Kip. Um, he was he was like the really, ex- like I don't know. He he was like he was the weirder guy, like in the fraternity. Like yeah. he had this like long, um, like shaggy hair, like really really curly shaggy black hair, and like he was the guy that. F- just for some reason, like if you ever needed like the most obscure fucking drug that you could think of, not that he had them, but you'd be like, Kip, I bet you know someone who could yeah, get me that. I bet you could find this. Yeah, yeah. Like you somehow know someone that, that, that could get me, you know, 2CB or whatever the fuck that it is. <laughs> yeah. Um, so anyways, he, uh, he he invited us into like his little room in the house and he was like, guys, I got some absinthe. Um, have you guys ever done absinthe before? And, we were like, and where no. are you in the case chugging race at this point? Oh, this is after the case chugging. So race. you've already done that. Yeah, we've already done the case chugging race. And that's know. what twenty four beers. You just you drinks at the fastest. Uh, so no, it was it was teams of shit, man. I, I've forgotten the rules now. It was teams of like six, um, and it was like each class against each other. Okay, it was a lot more than twenty four beers. Okay, because um, when I when you say case, I just automatically assume like a case of beer, like twenty four. Yeah, it, it worked out to like 
I think eight or nine beers per per guy. Per, Jesus. Yeah, and the the losing team finished in twenty four minutes. I mean, it was what? Yeah, oh, it was wild. It was one of the one of the best memories I have with one of my best friends to this day is us running to like this balcony and just projectile vomiting like a go. fucking waterfall. Don't go chasing waterfalls. But if you were like <laughs> on the bottom, like it was, it's still one of our favorite memories to this day. So you do that, and then you go into Kip's room. Then we go into Kip's room, and we start doing. Uh, he's like, "Hey, have you guys ever done absinthe?" I'm like, "What the fuck is that?" Like, yeah, hey, you know, I'm I'm 18. I'm not a man of the world yet. Um, and so I didn't learn what it was until I watched that movie Road Trip. Great movie. Yeah, but Great that's movie. that's where I learned about right, it. Right. Yeah. Well, and so um, I watched the movie Road Trip like shortly after, and I was like, "Well, that wasn't my fucking experience." Euro Trip. Euro Trip. I'm sorry. Not oh, Road right, trip. yeah. Euro, Euro trip. trip. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Same thing. Yeah. Same fucking. You know, I'll get DMs like you idiots yeah. for a movie, you fucking moron. Um, so, so you guys are absinthe. What is that? What are we doing? Yeah, here? so it's like um, you. It's kind of like it's like the heroin of uh, of of alcohol. I feel because what we did is like you put sugar on a spoon, you dip it into the absinthe, you light it on fire until it all like you know crystallizes into it. Or like I'm sorry, not crystallizes until it liquefies completely, like yeah. all the sugar, and then you pour it back into the shot glass that you, that you dipped it out of, and then you put your hand over it, so all um so like all the fumes get trapped in it, and it suction cups to your hand because something was science. I don't fucking know <laughs> something was science. And then you lift your hand, you 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 breathe it in, and you take the shot. Okay. So six absinthe shots later. Jesus. Yeah, I got fucked up, and it, like it's not like any like crazy like ooh hallucinogenic shit happened. Like I wish it did, but. It didn't. Um, and so and so maybe it wasn't even real absinthe. Kip, if you're listening to this and you've just told me this grand lie that's gone on for the last 11 or 12, whatever, however long it's been, then fuck you. <laughs> um, but so but but, you know, I'm fucking shit hammered at this point. So we decide that we were going to go. Um, we wanted to get a blow a bunch of blow up dolls and strap them to this rival fraternities like house as you do. Yeah, because, you know, you're, you're 18 years old. You're in college. Um, so we, we Google where to get like a sex shop and the closest ones in Tampa, Florida. Okay. Um, so I'm in Lakeland. Uh, it's about a 45 minute drive to, to Tampa, but we're fucking committed. So we, we pile up in the car. We God, get this, who's driving? We get a guy that's sober to drive us. Okay. Um, and his, his name's Chris. He's going to come up in the story in a second. So we get, we get all the way to the sex shop. It's closed, but we're in Tampa. Now we've you're, ar- yeah. yeah. We've already made it. Ybor there. city, baby. We're close to Ebor, that fucking godless place. <laughs> Ebor, there should just be a whole podcast on why I never go to Ebor. <laughs> um, though it is being gentrified from what I've been told. Um, that godless place. But so we, we're like, fuck it. Like, we're in Tampa. What are we going to do? Um, the sex the sex store itself just happens to be on the road where um, the most one of the most famous strip clubs, it, definitely the most famous one probably um, in Florida, if, if not whatever is in the hell's in Miami. It's called Mons Venus. Yeah. Um, I had never been to a strip club at this point in my life. Um, in fact, the only person that had been to a strip club at this point in his life was Kip. Of course it was Kip. Of course it was fucking Kip. Kip's the goddamn purveyor of the night. He probably planned all this. Um, and so he's like, you know what, guys? We're going to Mons Venus. And so... Uh, we, we get to Mons Venus. There's five of us. It's don't ever like go to the best strip club that you can as your first strip club time, because like walking into Mons Venus, um, for those that have or have not been to strip clubs is like walking into just heaven. I mean, it's just 
tens as far as the eye can see, especially like a bunch of like hot Russian girls. I mean, it's just insane the amount of talent that is in this strip club. Yeah. So I had, um, from my graduation, I had, you know, when you graduate high school, people give you a lot of money and shit. Yeah, yeah. I had, I think, like, I don't know, $2,300 like left in my okay, savings account. So like I had, I had a bankroll going into this thing and, um, you know, I'm, I'm shit, shit house to the wind. I ended up spending like $1,600 that night. Jesus Christ. It was bad, man. It was real bad. It was real, real, real bad. And like, I didn't even like nothing good even happened to me. Yeah. And you don't uh, remember it. And, I, and it. I don't remember it. Like it, yeah, there was no, there were no sex acts. There's nothing good. Like, there was nothing that like, I can really be like, that was worth it. Yeah. Except for this. So at the end of the night, (laughs) (laughs) at the end of the night, I'm all out of fucking money. Everyone's out of money. It's probably like, I don't know, three something in the morning. Like they've stopped serving liquor or like beer, whatever the hell that it is that that they can serve there. And my buddy, Chris, the guy that drove, he all night had just been with this one Russian blonde stripper. I mean, from the second that we walked in until the second that we left, he was just with her all night. He had fallen in love. Yeah. As you do as an 18-year-old yeah, man. Say, yeah. Yeah, like as I do sometimes as a 30-year-old. Exactly. Man. Exactly. Uh so he he fell in love with his stripper. He didn't realize he was being taken for a fool. Um but this stripper happened to be uh, a little intoxicated. I don't know if it was intoxicated. I don't know if she was on drugs. I don't know what it was. Yeah. Um but he really thought that the feeling was mutual. And I I kind of thought it was too because at the very end right before we left I'm sitting here. Chris is directly to my left. I mean, you can hear, I can hear everything that they're talking about. You know, we're, we're fucking cheek to cheek. Yeah. So close together. This place is so packed. And so we're sitting there and all of a sudden I just hear stick it in my ass. And I look to my left and I'm like, that was the stripper that just said that. And so I just see uh, my buddy Porter take his finger and just boom, just get it real wet in his mouth, spread this girl's ass cheeks and like try to stick his finger. Oh God. In her ass, and as and which is against the fucking rules of Very any strip so. club ever. And I'm like, what the fuck is happening? And so I look over, and the two biggest bouncers that I've ever seen, in, yep. like to this day in my life, are just direct, just directly beelining looking at us. Over, yeah. And I'm and like they're just beeline. I'm like, Porter, wait, shit, Chris, <laughs> Chris, buddy, you, you gotta stop. You gotta stop. You gotta stop. And so they end up like running over, throwing this poor girl off of them. And they pick Chris up. Chris is probably like five six, not a big guy. Yeah. They literally pick Chris up. It was like a fucking cartoon by like the back of his collar, <laughs> and then by his belt loop. And they literally are holding him out like he's like a stuck pig that's like getting ready to be slaughtered. And so like we're all like running after him, being like, "Oh fuck, we're so sorry." Like yeah, apologizing. Yeah. At this point, it's one of those things where you have two ways you can play. You can either get pissed and like try to fight the bouncers, mm. but you're not going to do that because this place. Some- employs people who like will kill you will murder me and like i mean you got it like it's freshman year like i'm like 150 pounds of nothing yeah i'm still still to this day i'd be like no So we go the other way and we're i'm so sorry we're so sorry we're so sorry and so like they they literally they they kick open the front door the whole thing was like a fucking movie they kick open the front door and they give them like a couple like practice yeah like a like some heave hose and they just throw them out and we have to like run out there and you know pick them up. They tell us to never come back. All this shit. Yeah. Uh, I've been back. Yeah, uh, <laughs> they're not gonna remember that. Um, they never do. Yeah, they it's never not like do. they take your picture and put it on a wall. But it was just it was so weird just to, to as my first strip club experience to spend that kind of money 
And the only one who got close to touching anything was my friend trying to stick his finger in a stripper's ass. And then... Unsuccessfully. Yeah, and then you guys all got kicked out. Yeah, and then we all got kicked out and banned for life. Uh, <laughs> you were talking about like, bringing the absinthe back from Europe and trying to like do a little trickery with that. You actually had another story <laughs> on your list about trying to smuggle something in and out of a certain country. Yeah. Uh, about a, a little over a year ago... I went to uh, Bogota, Colombia. Okay, with my with my buddy Jack, and um, <laughs> I'm laughing because people who know Scott are gonna already know why that story. <laughs> and so, uh, why buy it on the street when you can go where it's made? <laughs> so we, well, so so many questions. What, um, as a, a person who's just hanging out in Jacksonville, you're doing finance. You work, you know, you work in the real world. What possesses you to want to go to Columbia? Well, so 2019 uh, was the Jack Sad Boy tour. Um, I, my buddy had gotten broken up with by, okay. this, by this girl. and The Jack Sad Boy tour. And so what we, did, what we decided to do, or Jack really decided to do um, to, to keep him sane, was we just went on trips like every two weeks. I mean, okay. we, 2019 was unreal to me. I mean, so like some of the best trips in my life had a had just had so much fucking fun. Was Nashville in 2019 also? Nashville was not in 2019. Okay, we're gonna get back to that later. But. Um, but we, you know, we went all over the place, and 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 the last one that we did was Colombia. Okay. Um, and again, this was just like I want to go to Colombia. Jack yeah, wants to go to Colombia. Yeah, Jack wanted to go to Colombia. Okay. Um, it, it did I just watch Narcos, guys. It looks uh, like so much fun. It looks like a great idea. Uh, it was. Um, but. <laughs> We, it took a little bit of convincing because I'm like, fuck, Columbia, like, that's not a good idea. Yeah. Um, like, God forbid, like, when I told my, my mom, she was like, fuck you. No, yeah, you're, not. you're not going to Columbia. Yeah. Neither, neither one of our moms were pumped. Um, but so it took a little bit, bit of convincing, but it was the final leg, the last stop yeah. on the Jack Sad Boy tour. Um, so I, so I had to say yes. So, we go to Columbia. Who's we? Is it just you and Jack? On this trip, it was uh, my me, Jack, and then we had another friend with us. Okay, um, so there's she, three of you. Yeah, she flew down from New York um, because she she spoke Spanish. Okay, which you very much need to be able to do if you ever go or to Columbia. Or at least have someone be able to do. Right? It yeah, yeah, yeah. Someone someone in the group definitely needs to be able to do it. Um, otherwise, you'll get taken a fool. Yeah. Um. So we go down there, just like Chris. <laughs> just like Chris. God damn it, Chris. Um. So. The thing that I that I used to do a lot was like I've traveled all Cocaine. over the country, right? Well, yeah, <laughs> um, I I've traveled all over the country for my old job. I mentioned that earlier, uh, and, and sometimes in in these different cities, like when I'd go see some buddies. I would, uh, of course, get some cocaine, but there would sometimes be some left over. Um, and if, I'm not throwing that shit away because yeah. if you travel within the United States. Very, very like I've never had a problem traveling with with certain illicit substances. They're not looking for that. Yeah, what they're looking for is guns, bombs, yeah, yeah, yeah. and like shit like that. Um, so just like a, a little bit of um, you know, fun time for you. you. You really don't have too much to worry about, in my experience. Yeah, um, I love how you threw that in my experience. Right, in my experience. Please don't get like take a that. DM or an email like I'm doing twenty. I had to do twenty five to life. Yeah, <laughs> fuck you. Yeah, for a little bit of weed. <laughs> Uh, blame Kamala Harris. Where, <laughs> where? Oh God, where are you um flying out of Jacksonville? Uh, so we no we we actually drove down to Miami. Um, okay. So your down. friend drives or flies from New York. Yeah, we we fly out of Miami, fly right into Bogota. Have a great weekend in Bogota. 
we made sure whenever we were leaving uh, the morning that, that we left, and like we had stayed up all night, yeah, uh, blah blah blah. But like we had made sure that um, you know whatever we had purchased in Bogota stayed in fucking Bogota. Like yeah. we're not trying to be um, international drug smugglers by by any stretch of the imagination. Yeah. So uh, we we get out, uh, we get we land in Miami. And we're trying to go through customs, and I see this very, very. Wait, this is on the way back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But this you is... said on the way in. Right. Get that. Second. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Sorry, I just. Oh, to... you're good. You're good. We're gonna you're Tarantino good. this. You're good. So, um, we we're we're standing. We're trying to get through customs, and uh, you know the the drug dog is coming along. I didn't realize it was the drug dog. So I. Yeah, because a lot of those dogs, to your point earlier aren't looking for right. drugs. They're bomb dogs. They're bomb dogs. Right. right a lot of right. people don't know that. A lot of people don't. Uh, this one was not. This one was a... <laughs> this a, one was a full this drug This one dog. is a full-blown narc. You did fly into Miami yeah. from Bogota. Yeah, exactly. Um, and so I'm like, oh, dog, cute, yeah, but you're I'll, working. Just real quick, on paper, you flew from Bogota to Miami. Obviously, it's going right. to be all yeah. drug dogs. Yeah, okay, yeah, but like in my... Which, which I thought of, which I thought of going into it. That's why we're like, guys, check all your pockets for fucking everything. Yeah, we yeah, did yeah. that. There was nothing. We're good to go. Okay. Um, now saying it out loud, I'm like, wait a second. Right, right, right. <laughs> You're flying to Louisville. It's funny you say that. So like, the, I'm like, oh, cute dog. I can't pet you though. He, yeah, the yeah. guy's like, yeah, thank you for not petting him. I'm like, no problem. I get it. He's working. He's a good boy. He's working. Uh, so they the dog walks past me, but the dog comes back, and so the dog is like, um, he's really smelling my bag. He's smelling my bag. I'm like, what the fuck is this dog doing? And then he like he does this point, and the guy's like. Sir, where are you where are you traveling from? I'm like, oh fuck. As soon as you say it, you know. But Bo- Bogota, Colombia. He's like, yeah. Um, did you do anything while you were down there? I was like, just saw the sights. <laughs> 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 and he's like, yeah. Well, my dog really likes your bag. Uh, I'm gonna need to take you to extra screening. And the, dude, the second that that happened, I like, I mean, I went white, like yeah. white as a fuck. Oh yeah, because. It happens so often, and you know you travel a lot, and uh, with comedy and stuff, I've been traveling more and more lately. There's certain times where you just forget what's in your bag. Yeah, and like for me, because I don't drink or do drugs anymore, but a lot of times, like it'll be something so random and stupid, like a pocket knife or something. You just forget that it's yeah. in there. Yeah, exactly. Because you you tra- like I traveled so fucking much, and I and I traveled always with the same bag. I had this I had this gray Herschel bag. Yeah. it went fucking everywhere with me. That that's was like, like yeah, I've got a I've got a really good duffel that I use yeah that that was my yeah, yeah that was my duffel bag. Like that's what I used. Like that's it. So um, he asks you to go to extra screening. So yeah, and now so you're panic. So you I'm, I'm panic. I'm panic. I'm like, I, I didn't search well enough. Like, what the fuck? Like, I thought that I did. Blah blah blah. So I'm standing there, and there's a line to um, that I'm waiting in, and obviously there's cameras all over the fucking place. So um, you can't, you can't just start going through. Yeah, your I stuff. can't just start going through my shit. They'll be like, sir, don't go through your shit. That's don't touch point. it. That's the point of you coming here. Don't touch it. And so. By the grace of the Nordic gods themselves. I remember, holy fuck, in my, there's this little zipper bag on the outside. I used, at one point, I knew that I had put a baggie in there with certain, with cocaine in it, yeah. obviously. <laughs> um, I put a bag. <laughs> You're going to try and put, yeah, yeah, no, no, no. Yeah, I, had, I had put a bag of cocaine in there. And, and this is on the outside of the bag? Yeah, this is on the outside of the bag. Brennan, when I say that that thing had been there for over a year and a half, that bag had been there for over a year and a half. Oh, God. But somewhere in my brain, I'm like, 
you should check to see if that's what it was. Cause that's also, by the way, like where like the dog was smelling, he was smelling that like little outside little part, pocket. Yeah. So probably that's probably what triggered it. And so I pretend to like get out all my keys and shit or like my wallet, my phone. And I'm like trying to get like a piece of gum or something. And I go in and I, I unzip it. Boom. Right there. Do you see it? Grandma bluff. And I'm like, Oh fuck. Cause now you're, you're not, cause even now, in, yeah. Cause now you're it's just, in customs. You're yeah, not even yeah, in the country yeah, yet. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, so now I'm like, Holy shit. My life's over. Yeah. Um, so I'm like, all right, well, what do I do? Do I leave it in there or do I put this shit in my pocket right now and hope for the best? Hope that there's not like a, one of these screenings. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I didn't see one. I only saw like, you know, you send your bag through and then they, okay. So thing. there's no x-ray screenings. You're just right. 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 Okay. <laughs> and so, um, I put it in my pocket and I go over, I put everything through, dude, if you ever have to go through this. Uh, so first of all, longest, you know, 45, 30, 45 minutes of my life. I'm pale yeah. as it goes the whole time. They, whenever they like pull you in for extra shit, they literally go through every fucking thing, in your bag, unturn every pocket. I mean, it doesn't, so they matter. pull everything out, everything out. If it is yours, they pull it out no matter what it is. They don't care. Yeah. So he didn't find anything in my bag. Um, I had a backpack as well. In the backpack, in the very, fr- <laughs> in the very front you of son it, son of a bitch. He opens this. Uh, it's like this gold case that I have. Um, that's for like Tic Tacs or something, like a fancy Tic Tac case. He opens it. There's an empty bag of blow in there. Okay. And the customs agent looks at it. He's like, ah. This must be what the dog smelled. He's like, well, you know, I know that if I run this right now for drugs, I know that it's going to come back positive, but it's empty. Just be more careful next time. Are you fucking serious? And like, and like literally he pulled it up and I was like, well, that's it. I'm not saying another word. I'm fucked. My life's over. My career's over. Everything's over. And so he's like, just be more careful next time. Are you fucking? He throws it away and he's like, just put everything in your bag and have a nice day. Oh my God. Like the amount of just relief that came over me because especially there's a gram of cocaine in my pocket still yeah, that you took to Columbia that and I took to back. Columbia and then brought back. It wasn't even like it was good. Like, like, <laughs> it was oh just, my God, I have anxiety just listening to that. Oh story. my God. It was the worst. I'm telling you, it was the worst 30 to 45 minutes of my life of my life. Nothing hopefully will ever be worse than that. Yeah. Cause I remember I listened to a lot of Bill Burr. And he talks about like, no, fuck that. I don't do the x-ray screening. Like, I don't care how safe they say it is. Like, I'm not, I don't do that. I just do the little, if you want to do extra screening, that's fine. Like, I'm not going through the x-ray machine. And I remember he was on, he was talking about that years ago. So I remember one time, I think it was when I was flying from Oklahoma to come to Jacksonville to go to rehab. And at the time I was in the airport and I was like, you know, I'm a huge Bill Burr fan. I jump off a fucking bridge for him. And so in my head, I'm like, oh, I'm not going to do the x-ray thing either. Hmm. So they they said, okay, set through. And I said, no, I don't want to do that. And it's so weird because when he talked about it on his podcast, he made it seem like you just say no. And they're like, oh, well, we respect your decision. They no. don't fucking do that at all. No. Most scared I've been in an airport as far as like me getting in trouble because all I did was smoke cigarettes and drink on the way to the airport. But they, they say, go through the x-ray. I said, no, I don't want to. They said, go through the x-ray. I said, I don't, I'm not going through. They go, go through the x-ray. And I'm like, no, I have, and I, you know me, pre-law. So I'm like, I have the right to refuse to go through this x-ray machine. <laughs> 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 um, I have the right to get myself arrested. <laughs> yeah. So they go, yeah, which I did eight <laughs> times. But they go, um, they go, okay, you want to play it this way? Fine. 
Don't go through it. We're going to do a thorough screening. And then immediately they wand you down, which was fine. All I had was my belt. Um, and then they take out this like little liquid out of this like little, it's just like a little droplet thing. They pull it out and they go stick your hands out. And then I panicked because I was like, I don't like, what are they looking for? I, right. sm- I smoke cigarettes. Maybe like there's going to be like residue or something on my hands. And she goes, oh, well, if you've done any sort of drugs or um, like touched or dealt with any sort of firearms, explosives, even fireworks, this is going to turn red. Yep. And then you're going to be arrested since you didn't want to go through the x-ray machine. And that 30 seconds, you know, 15 to 30 seconds, I'm in a panic. Oh yeah. Because I mean, obviously what happened to you is on a much grander scale. So I'm not like trying to one up you, but just that, Oh no, but it's being in an airport and then being like, okay, your life could be over in the next 30 seconds. And you're like, uh, yeah, I've seen, I've seen people arrested, arrested in airports before, like going through screening. Yeah. Fucking terrifying. Oh, yeah, because they come in with those big boy guns and everything. Uh, and yeah, like, it looks fucking awful. Yeah. It was in Connecticut, of all places, too. I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> What's happening? How is this even possible? Um, but, yeah, it it was never again. Never again. And what actually sucks, too, is now, like, I even get worried traveling domestically. Oh, yeah. So now I'm just, like, in a constant state of panic. Because that, TSA, yeah, because it, it happened to you one, once, yeah. yeah. Now, just, when they say x-ray machine, I go, absolutely, let's go, x-ray. Fuck, yeah. See my tiny little dick, let's x-ray do it. X-ray me down, baby. Yeah. yeah. So I, I, yeah, it's, oh, that was, never again. Smuggled it in. You went to Colombia with Smuggled shitty drugs U.S. In. cocaine. That's the other thing, too, is, like, Colombia, why aren't you doing your job? Why? Yeah. Which, thank God you're not. <laughs> yeah. Thank God you're not, but like they don't care if you're leaving the country. They're like, whatever, they can deal with it. Well, goddamn, I, I, fuck me, man. That was, oh lord. So the Nashville thing was separate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All your stories involve like you getting into some sort of shenanigans while traveling. I've noticed. Yeah, and it's it's not to say that I haven't done things in Jacksonville because obviously I have. Yeah, but, but it's Jacksonville's not that cool. Like I love it; it's home. But like there are cooler places in Jacksonville where like I do, Nashville, Tennessee, like Nashville, Tennessee, where I do cooler things. Um, every time I every time I used to go to Nashville, the last two or three times that I've gone, I've really dialed it back because I'm not a young buck like I once was whenever yeah. I was going to Nashville. When you when you're um, so obviously we know the Bogota trip was a part of the Sad Boy Jack tour, but. With the Nashville, you say every time you go to Nashville, was that for work? You did mention you get to travel to a lot of major cities, or do you just love Nashville? No. Uh, over like a three-year span, I think my buddies and I went to Nashville probably like 10 to 12 times. Okay. I mean, it, we just loved it. Just loved you know, it, yeah. we just We just fell in love with the place. Um, Nashville's, a, Nashville's a ton of fun. Yeah. Um, so we, we we would go as much as possible. Um, the the Nashville trip in in question that you're currently asking about um, yeah. was your stereotypical Nashville you know go out and booze the whole time. What year was this? Was this recently or was this 2014? 20, okay. 2015 maybe actually. Okay, so this is a few. Yeah. Yeah, right. yeah, this is like five years ago. Okay, and now who's going? You and you say you and your buddies. Is that like the whole crew? The whole yeah. All six so of you, or? yeah, it's it's the normal crew. And then there for was those a- of you who don't know, I'm, I don't mean to interrupt, but. You come into my nighttime restaurant a lot, which we don't say on this podcast because we talk shit about some of my guests. Um, but uh, <laughs> you come in there a lot, and normally you come in with a crew of it's you and five other guys. Right? Yeah, we, um, you know, we're we enjoy um, fine dining experiences uh, more in our older age. Back then, we just cared about boozing. Yeah. Um, but we have since transitioned our passion 
into um, copious amounts of delicious food. Yes, very much so. So and it's those guys booze. that you're going to Nashville with? Yeah, so it's it's mainly those guys. Um, and then um, a, a friend's friend who is the craziest person that I've ever met in my entire Crazier life. than Kip. Crazier than Kip. Oh, Kip. No one that I know can hold a candle to this guy. I okay. mean, he has done more, drinks more, does more drugs, and still functions as a human surprised shockingly well than anyone I've ever met. He's okay. just, he's straight up built differently. Yeah. So we meet him out um, the last night that we're in Nashville. This sounds like a challenge, by the way. I'm telling you right I'm now. I'm kind of like looking at you say this and be like, I, I got another run in me. I I don't get intimidated often by people when it comes to getting fucked up yeah. because I've, I've done enough. This guy can run circles around me and everyone I've ever met. Wow. I mean, so this guy does not. This is his job. He this does is not a, play This around. is a different breed of human being. Okay. I've never seen anything like that. <laughs> I like that. this. All right. Um, so we meet him out the last night that we're there. In the, and, okay. Yeah. And this is on like a you know four-day four, four bender. This is the last one. Like we're, we're on fucking fumes at this point. Yeah. So personal morale is very low. Um, and to fix that, what he decides to do is he's going to buy us all drinks. So he buys us all drinks, um, hands me one, and I'm fucking struggling through it. I eventually get it down. He's like, hey, Scott, how's that drink, man? And I was like, it kind of sucked, to be honest with you. There's nothing worse than when someone looks at you and says that phrase, how was that yeah. drink or how was yeah. that meal or how was that like whatever. Then you're like. And they're smiling. Yeah. You're yeah. like, oh, you fucked with me. Because, yeah, and unless they like cooked it for you and like. That was the plan is that they were going to cook you this nice meal. And like, uh, no. So how was that drink, Scott? So, yeah, he asked me how that drink was. And I was like, it kind of sucked, man. It, it really hurt going down. And he was like, well, it had a bunch of ecstasy in it. Oh, God. And I was like, you got to be fucking kidding me, man. I don't have time for this. And you're dehydrated. You got to stay hydrated. Yeah, I'm dehydrated. And he's like, get another one. And I was like, fuck you. Like, I hate you. I'm going to like, I'm going to die tonight. So like, I immediately I'm gonna like, die. I run over and like, I get a drink and I get like five waters. I don't remember much. I remember it's like probably ironically enough. I was like at this random bar in Nashville, like not on the strip or anything. It was, you know, more of like, if you're from Nashville, Okay. You, you kind of you, you you go to one of those. I, I think it's probably one of the the hardest I've ever rolled. If not, I mean, it, it's top three. Yeah. Um, I don't remember much. Um, I, I the the best part, one of the best parts from it was, um, I woke up. I'm sorry, I didn't wake up. I got home and like a week later, I get a text message from this girl, and her name in my phone was Tori parentheses you were rolling your balls off on molly and she <laughs> that's how you put it in your phone you, at that's least how you she were... that's how she put it in my phone oh okay yeah, okay. yeah i was gonna she, say at least you were aware enough yeah so she she put it in my phone is that um and she was like hey i just want to make sure that you're alive and like Aww. okay and apparently this girl you are a charmer Scott. apparently this girl had taken care of me all night and i'm just like running around like grasping her hands as hard as i can apparently like i, I actually i already know this for a fact if i do molly or whatever or ecstasy i just like to hold people's hands yeah that's it i just okay. love holding people's hands i'm like let me hold your little hands in like a little prayer position i don't know why but that's just that's my weird fucking thing that i do when i'm on molly okay um and so i apparently just ran around all night and she was like yeah i basically just made sure that you didn't die and i held your hand the whole time Aww. i want to make sure that you're okay um so she did that uh we had ended up like going to this strip club fuck i, I don't even like strip clubs i really want that on I record i really actually hate strip clubs i don't know how i don't know why i chose two strip club stories uh but here we are we ended up going to one um and i woke up in the back of 
this random person's car. Okay, this is that night? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. At, at 6 o'clock in the morning, I woke up. Like, what time was the flight out? We drove. Oh, okay. Like fucking idiots. Um, so I, I woke up in the back of this random person's car at 6 o'clock in the morning outside of an IHOP. Okay. With my buddy also passed out in the back. Was the person who owned the vehicle there? Yeah, he was inside the IHOP with our other buddy eating pancakes. Okay. And apparently, like, we had just died, and they had to, like, carry us, like, into this into this car. It was this whole fucking ordeal. Oh, my God. But the best part of the night was I made a friend who I'm she's, I'm still friends with her today, my friend Tori. Shout uh, out to Tori. Shout out to Tori. Uh, she she saved my life, apparently. But, yeah, getting spiked with, like, any drug. Really, it's not fun. It's not fun. It's not, it's, it's not an enjoyable experience. Very people, rarely does it work. I can't. I can only speak to, obviously, my experiences. Um. And I know it's got to be, I can't even fathom what it's like to be a woman in a bar and like have that hanging over your head. But as a, as a guy, like when your buddies do it, cause they think it's going to be like a fun time. Right. And I think I can speak for both of us cause both of us are very seasoned drinkers. So right. it's like, I know what I'm doing. Right. Like don't fuck with my yeah, formula. This, I know how to just, I, I know how to get there eventually. Yeah. Just because I'm struggling through the first, cause that's what it was is like, I you was gotta, struggling. Yeah. yeah. Just I'll get there. Yeah. Like, you know, it, but it'll just take a little bit longer and he just wanted to, to ramp that back up and by God damn it. He did. Well, and that's the thing that kind of bothers me too is cause like when I drink, I do it like, like, you know, like it's my job. Right. Like, and I've talked about it on here before, but like I can go through, I would go through like a handle of vodka in like 36 hours. And it's because it's like, I, I know what I'm like. I know not know what I'm doing because that makes it sound like I was like fine. Yeah. But, but like, I know how I drink. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You so, know how to, you know how to get to the point where you want to get to. Yeah, exactly. So if you're adding shit to that, you just fucked up everything. Yeah. Completely. To and the point where you make a lifelong friend, apparently. Yeah. But like that's a that's the best case scenario. Yeah, that, best that can case there. scenario. I have not seen this the guy Oh no, that's a lie. I've seen him a couple of times. Now he's like I don't know, dead in a ditch in Birmingham or something. <laughs> he's just he's had to go back home and, and try to get his life back together. Oh really? Well yeah, he's spiking people with Molly. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Pulling an Ari Shafir out yeah, there. Yeah, like Jesus fucking Christ. Um <laughs> Yeah, I'll never forgive him for that. That was Oh, that was bad. Well, and that's terrifying, too, to wake up in a city where you don't really know that many people yeah. in a random place. That's... In that, a random car outside of an IHOP yeah, while the sun's coming up. Well, and that that can, that that initial like wake-up can be terrifying. It is. It, it, it is terrifying. I've, I'm sure it's happened to me more than once, but I, I will never forget when I was in college, I remember I went to this party... And I used to bring my own booze. I would bring a handle of the captain at the time and I would put it in my backpack and I would walk around with that and like Diet Coke in my backpack. Because, you know, when you show up to college parties, a lot of times it's just beer and I don't yeah, drink yeah, beer. No, that's that's and, how like, I was everyone's Crown like, Royal. Yeah, everyone's like, oh, you know, if you're going to drink our alcohol, like put money. So I just always had it. Right, yeah. And I'll never forget one time, I can't even remember the series of events that led to it. But I remember there was this girl at the party, and I thought she was flirting with me. Now, I had stopped playing football at this point. That's when I got really bad with my drinking, and I was out of shape. So I don't know why in my brain I thought she wanted to hang out. But I was very much like, oh, well, let's let's hang out. And she's like, oh, well, I'm leaving. I'm like, all right, where are we going? And I'm I'm very good about, like, if you – even when I'm wasted, like, if you're like, no, like, I don't want to hang out with you, like, I just will walk away. But, like, I can't pick up on subtle hints when I'm hammered. So she just kept saying, like, okay, yeah, like, I guess. And I kept taking that as, like, oh, yeah, she wants to, like, hang out. 
And so I remember we got back to her place and her roommates were home and she's like, oh, I'm going to call my boy. My boyfriend's coming over. And I was so confused. I remember being so confused and I was just like, "Okay," but I was so drunk. I remember just sitting down on the couch and being like, "Okay," I guess, because I wasn't driving at the time because of my DUI. And I remember just sitting down on the couch and then opening my eyes and it was hours later. The house was empty and I would just remember getting up in this random house and being like so scared, like not scared, but just so confused. Yeah, just like how the fuck did this happen? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I remember leaving the house. I didn't know where my shoes were. I remember I saw flip-flops by the front door, so I thought they were mine, so I put them on and I walk out the front. Like I'm like, I'm just getting out of here. My phone is dead, which is why my, this is actually the reason why I get so anxious about people's phones dying. Like I always keep my phone charged because yeah. of this story. Right. I walk out and I, it's a house on a golf course, which isn't crazy in South Florida. That's a lot of places. And I just remember walking and I didn't know where I was. Cause I was like a, a, like late sophomore year at FAU, but I lived on campus for my first two years. So it was either the beginning of my junior year or late sophomore year. I, I just remember walking and like not knowing where I was having no idea. I remember I had like $40 cash in my wallet, but my phone was dead. So I was walking and there was an ABC liquor store and I didn't even know what time it was. And I just kept thinking, I just got to get a little something in me to keep going. Right. Like a little hair of the dog. So I sat down in front of the ABC liquor store and I have no idea where I am. I've walked for like 30 minutes. These flip flops don't fit. So like my feet are like starting to bleed at this point because they're too tight. Yeah. yeah. And I remember sitting down and a a cop showed up like within a few minutes because I was just sitting like like a bum, like a homeless person, like slumped over in front of the liquor store. And I remember this cop shows up and he's like, what's going on? And I just remember explaining like. I'm going to be honest with you, man. I have no idea where I am. I was like, I've got $40 in my wallet, but my phone said I can't call a cab. I have no idea where I am. I don't even know how to get home. Like, and he's like, well, where do you live? And I was like, I live on campus at FA. Like, I don't know anything. Like, and I remember he called me a cab and I went to shake his hand, like a respectable, like man to man thing. Like, thank you so much, man. I really appreciate it. He looked me up and down and he goes, I'm not touching you. And just got in his car and drove off. Oh, God. And then shortly after a cab showed up, I, I just walked the wrong way, which is my biggest fear whenever I see those <laughs> movies where people get stranded. I was like six blocks from FAU, but I just walked the wrong direction. Oh, so now you're like. So I walked 30 minutes the wrong direction. So now I'm like two miles from oh, FAU. Fuck, yeah, fuck that. Yeah. And the, the guy picked me up and the, the cab driver. He was like, oh, I heard you had $40. And I said, yeah. He goes, all right, well, it's going to be about $40 to get you back to school. Oh, <laughs> uh, what a fuck. See, fuck the cop then, too. Yeah. Fuck so the I, cop and that cab driver. I mean, they got you back. But, yeah, but I, so I ended up giving But at him, what cost? Yeah, yeah. $40. So, but yeah, I remember. But that's to your point, like waking up in a strange place. It it's sucks. Like, it's so terrible. It's the worst. Does it, it happen to you now that you're getting older and everything? Because I know you now you've got Piper in your life and everything. Are you? Uh, are you still like... Finding yourself in those situations from time to time? Fuck no. Yeah. Fuck no. I'm the same way. I mean, I don't drink anymore, but. Yeah. I mean, the last, dude, I couldn't tell you the last time I woke up, like where I, I didn't like remember. There's been a couple times where like, I've, I forgot that like I was at her place or something. Yeah. But like it, I haven't woken up and been like, all right, where the fuck is this? Well, that's one of the great things about having a, like a PIC that you trust, like a partner in crime is like. Yeah, we can go out and like do shenanigans, but I know you've got my back and I know I've got your back. Right. So like nothing terrible, knock on wood, is going to happen. Well, and like Uber, 
Oh my god, game changer. Holy fuck. Like you know, Uber wasn't around when we were in college. No, at all. Like it, you know, God, it, I wish it was, man. Holy fuck. Yeah, same. I I the fact that oh, the fact that it didn't exist and I'm still alive it just blows my mind, yeah. honestly. Um, but that that would have completely changed. Yeah, I mean, Uber now it's just like, you know, all you got to do is have a phone that's charged barely and then yeah. type it in. Well, and that's the thing too good. is that they make it Uber and Lyft both make it very, and I, I'm sure they did this on purpose. They make it streamlined so it's very drunk proof. Yeah, oh, oh yeah, because yeah. it, it tracks your location from your phone, right? So you don't need to type in where you are. And a lot of times you can save because I know when I had my DUIs and I wasn't driving, I just had things saved in Uber. Right. Yeah. So like home was saved, work was saved. So like they make it so like you can literally as long as you can just do that one eye thing. Yeah. You could pull it up, or like just, someone can do it for you. Like yeah, you just, just have to know what you're gonna know. Hopefully, your your fucking address. Yeah, but yeah. They, but that's they make it. it so easy, and then you can just get home. Right, exactly. So I mean, that's that. You know, that's made it a lot easier too. But yeah, I I don't even know the last time I woke up super just super fucking confused. Yeah, it's been a while. Thankfully, I'm and, sure it's happened to me a few times, but that that story just always sticks out in my head. So it's when you said like waking up. Not knowing where you are and yeah, being like just, nervous, like immediately I was like transported back to that spot. And I want to find that person. I want to find that woman and be like, "What? Ha- like, why did you even let me get yeah. in the car? Just yeah, tell tell me no. Like, tell me yeah. to just stay well. Not here. only that, but it's like one of those things. Like, I don't want this to come off as like I'm not an aggressive person with, right. especially with. I'm not really aggressive at all when I drink, um, unless I get like riled up. But I, I remember very specifically like thinking like, oh, I think this girl likes me because she keeps being like, yeah, I guess you can come hang out and stuff. And I just I so badly want to find that person. And just I just want to ask him, like, like, how fucked up was I? Like what? Like what? Ha- just what happened? Right. Exactly. Because it's one of those situations where I because I remember sitting on the couch and then waking up on. I remember like sitting on the couch and just thinking to myself, like, oh, this is super awkward. And like, just like, I guess I passed out because I remember opening my eyes still on the couch, still fully clothed, just my shoes were off because I'm not a fucking animal. Yeah. Well, you know, we all have, we all have our morals. Yeah. And (laughs) and I just remember walking and it's like, there's so, and that's why I love doing this podcast is like to talk to people, you know, like you who like have these same stories where it's like, yeah, man, like, yeah, it was terrifying. It fucking, it was the worst. (laughs) Yeah. I'm glad that I'm here right now. (laughs) (laughs) There are so many times where I think back on like being in school and I'm just like, how, how am I here? Like, not oh. only with like the destructive tendencies of oh, my yeah. drinking and drug use and stuff, but just like, there are many a time that I found myself like, like talking to police and like, you know me, like I said, I, I think I know everything. So I'm like yelling at police and it's like, how did I not like, and I know a lot of people are going to be like, oh, you know, privilege and all this kind of stuff, which is true. But at yeah, the same time, into it. Yeah. For sure, but I I've still been arrested eight times. Like I've spent more time in jail than anybody who's been on this podcast so far combined. So it's like, but I'm just it it blows my mind the fact that I'm sitting here talking to you as someone who's been sober for three years. It's like how the fuck, right? If you would have told me five years ago, you're going to be doing comedy, you're going to have two podcasts, you're gonna everything's going to be all right. One of your closest <laughs> buddies in your in the in the home. This nice big home that you and your girlfriend rent, like I would have been like, go fuck yourself. Yeah. Like I'm going back to jail. You're a liar. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. So this is the story I wanted to save for the end. Mm. Which also has strip club in it. 
That, has, your, that uh, has a lot of stuff in it, man. Yeah, your Puerto Rico trip. Well, do you want to get into this one? You want to save it for next time? Let's save it for next time because this is this is like a thirty minute story. Is it really? Yeah. It's, okay. This was a this was a, the day of days. This was in Puerto Rico. <laughs> this was the day. I of heard fucking you guys days. talking about this trip the last time you guys were all at the restaurant because you were like, we got to do another Puerto Rico trip. And then when you sent me this, I looked at it and I was like, oh, this is, I'm going to get the full story now. Dude, this was, uh, we'll save it. We'll, yeah, we'll, we'll, save, we'll it. save it. We'll, we'll save, save it. it. But it's, it's a, uh, we'll save it and I'll, I'll really be sure to like write this thing out. Yeah. And, and come. So you don't leave anything out. Yeah. And come wholly prepared because it was a fucking day. It was one day too. All that stuff you put on there was one day. One day. One day. Oh um, man. It was, it was over probably like. 14 hours. That whole thing was over 14 hours? Yeah. Uh, so And we were dead for two days afterwards. Yeah, for sure. We'll, we'll get into Listener, it. Listener, stay tuned. Yeah, we'll Next get into it. Next time Scott's on. Um, when's the, so you are still going up to New York, correct? Yeah. It's been pushed back to April, God willing. Um, yeah. But but we'll see. Yeah. Um, you know, everything is such an... Have you looked at places and stuff up there yet? Not yet. I okay. want to live with my buddy. Uh, Where's Mikey. he at, if you don't mind me asking? Uh, he just moved. God damn, he just moved last weekend. Oh, did he? He. Oh, he just moved up there last weekend? No, no, no. He was um, in Chelsea. I think he might still be in Chelsea, honestly. Well, because the crazy thing is, is so like, I know this is riveting for all our listeners on <laughs> New York City apartment talk, but it was insane. So the places that we were looking at, um, like we talked about earlier, like 600 square feet, maybe. Like one bedroom, but you know, it's basically they put up a wall in a studio. Yeah. And these are expensive. But we you know, Savannah and I had decided we're going to live in Manhattan. We're gonna live yeah. on the island. Um and that was one of our goals. And so that's what we were gonna fucking do. You right. know, we're both grown adults. If that's what we wanna do, I don't wanna hear from people about well, it's cheaper to live in Jersey, it's cheaper to do this. Yeah, it's fuck it. To do that. But like I, I wanna go out there and live in Manhattan at least for Two years. Yeah. Like and, on the island. Well, and that was the thing was like, yeah. we were like, if we're going to move, we're going to move to Manhattan. So we right. found this awesome place on 22nd and 2nd. And we, like I've said before on the podcast, and I've told you a million times, like we were ready to sign the lease. Yeah. The only problem was the world started to crumble. Right. And the brokers there are so fucking shady. Mm. They were like, no, just sign the lease. You could do it electronically. And then this is like the middle of March. So like, just do it electronically. And then, you know, when you get up here and I told her after one of the uh, Roger Stanton told his story about um, getting up to New York and the place wasn't what it seemed. And he kind of got fucked. Yeah. So ever since Roger had told me that story in my mind, I was like, we are not signing the lease until we are standing in the apartment. Oh, fuck. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And they were trying to get us to sign it. And thank God we didn't because we would have moved in April 1st and not had jobs. Right. Um. But she's on Street Easy all the time. Shouts out to Street Easy, that app. It's an app for New Yorkers, by New Yorkers, to find places. And, dude, I'm not going to lie to you. She's now finding stuff. Oh, it's so cheap Because right of the now. pandemic. In, like, Gramercy Park. Like, with access to the park. Doorman. Elevator. For cheaper than what we were looking at before. That's fucking insane. And so, I, I'm just... That's why I was asking if you've been looking around. Yeah, I, I haven't been. I, I really want to move in with my with my buddy Mikey to, to see if... Because um, he... Let's see. Yeah, he, he moved in last, last week or two weeks ago, whatever it is. Uh, we were going to move in together November 1st. Yeah, because that's when you were supposed to go. Yeah, that's when I was supposed to go originally. Um, but here we are. We're going to do it, though. Yeah, it's we gonna are. It's going to be me and you tearing up New York City. That's right, and I can't wait. 
I'm so excited. Well, thank you so much for coming on. Plug everything you want to plug again. Uh, you know, just Twitter at Scott Sandlin. Wait, no, Twitter, Instagram at Scott Sandlin, Twitter at Scottington. I don't tweet too terribly much, but uh, I know I can't get into it's, it. It's t- I, I, you know, I got I got a couple of things on there, but yeah, check out all my shows on uh, at Scott Sandlin on Instagram, and uh, we'll do this again soon. Beautiful, love it. Thank you everybody so much for listening. Again, Brennan Tassif at Brennan T Comedy on all social media. I booked about um, six or seven shows coming up in the next couple of months. I had nothing going on like a week ago. And now all of a sudden oh, I'm yeah, like, oh, great. I'm busy. <laughs> um, so check out my website, brennantcomedy.com for all my upcoming dates. Uh, check out my other podcast if you're into sports. Cheers from the press box. And um, thank you so much for coming, Scott. This is a great time. Thank you. I love you. We're all going. We're going to dinner now. We have yeah, a reservation. I'm excited. <laughs> all right. Thank you again for listening. Subscribe, rate, and review. Five stars, everybody. I love you. And I will talk to you all next week.